This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. So Romans 12 starts, I appeal to you therefore brothers. And since it starts with therefore you need to figure out what it's there for. Yes. Um, remember the context. What we've just come up, come through, is the salvation of Israel. Okay, that was in 11. In the context of the message, what Paul is writing to the synagogue in Rome about, and he's, he's talking here to Gentiles, Gentile believers, what we would today call the Sunday church, uh, what he's saying is, you guys need to understand that Israel came before you and Israel has not been forgotten. And since you are living in a mixed community, you need not to offend them. So what he's saying now in his therefore is, need to understand where you are and who you are and who they are and you need to act in a way that is not offensive. And we've talked about that in some detail. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I kind of like this passage because even before I understand it, it's one of the passages that I used to use when I was changing my walk. I would walk and, and, and talk to myself and, and say, I offer myself up as a living sacrifice and so forth. And it made a difference to me, so I've always liked it. There's two understandings of this. And, and, and for those of you who are, for example, in Old King Jimmy, you'll find that the translation is very different. Uh, in verse, and, and New King James is the same way. Uh, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing your, of your mind, that by testing you may discern. Okay? And in King, both New and Old King Jimmy, somebody want to read it? That you may prove what is good and acceptable? Yeah. So in one case, it reads as if your behavior will be proof to those who are watching you that what you are doing is good and acceptable. Okay? In other words, conduct yourselves so that your behavior proves that you are in fact children of God. Okay? That, that's one way. And then, by the way, referring back to Mark Nanos, whose book I, is one of the re references I'm using, that's his understanding. In other words, he's saying, conduct yourself in the synagogue 
so that your behavior proves that you are in fact children of God and so the Jews can see in you God. Okay, that, that is one way to read it. And, and for those of you with King James, New King James, it reads very smoothly that way. And I actually happen to think that's correct. Okay. The other one is be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. In other words, in order to understand it that way, what, what it's saying is you need to discern what the will of God is, okay, as opposed to conforming yourself to synagogue practice. Am I saying so it makes sense? All right. Well, in order for that to make sense, you've got to back up. Do not be conformed to this world. Well, what world are the Gentile Christians coming out of? Paganism. Paganism. Okay. So what he's saying is, do not be conformed to your pagan ways, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind, so that when you read the scriptures, you can discern how you should behave. You see the two ways, two, two senses there? And either one of them is a really good message. I don't have a problem with either message, but the one that I'm sort of used to is you need to behave so that others can see Messiah in you. Yeah, Ray? Just a note, I've got the companion Bible here. The, the word transformed here, oh, I just lost it, I'm sorry. Uh, metamorpho, metamorpho life. Okay, the, such the word metamorphosis that we know. The other place that this is used is in Matthew 17, 2. And he was transfigured before them. Mm -hmm. So this gives very much the sense of you need to be changed. Yes. Very much yes. so. It, it leads credence to the, your first interpretation, at least what the Greek is saying here. Uh, when you read it that way, uh, not be conformed to this world, but be transfigured by them. It, it, it gives a little bit extra juice. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, the, con the comment was that back in Matthew, the same word that's transformed is used of Messiah and is translated transfigured. Okay, But in either sense of this, what's going on is Paul is saying, you guys got to quit acting like pagans. And so in the synagogue, you need either to discern for yourself what the will of God is so you can behave properly, or you need to behave so that people can see God working in you. I mean, it, it, the, the change in you do, is the same either way. It's just a question of the, the source of it, if you will. Clearly, what happens is you're, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that causes you either to be able to discern how to behave, or to behave in such a way that others can discern in you Messiah. But, but the point is you've got to change from being a pagan to being a grafted in member of Israel. Okay? So now let's back up to one. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Again, what he's saying here is, in context, guys, 
you need to behave in a sacrificial fashion. In other words, you do not do what you jolly well want to do. You do what you're supposed to do. And what you do is you sacrifice your will on the altar so that your behavior then becomes showing forth Messiah in a way that the Jews can see it. I'm saying that's what makes sense. So it's, so it's again, it's a call not to be uppity. All right, so now down to three. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Okay, so again, what he's saying, obviously, in, in, in context here, is you are in a synagogue. They have their understanding of who God is, which is mostly correct. They don't necessarily understand who Messiah is, but they got a real lock on who God is. And you need not to come in there with your brand new, fresh knowledge of Messiah and assume that your behavior is just going to be acceptable because it's not. You've got to conform to their understanding of who God is. Let's read verse 4 and then come back. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, have, are only one body in Messiah and individually members of one another. So first thing he's saying is not all of you are going to have the same degree of faith and understanding. And that's normal. Okay? There, that's not a problem. And understand that you are part of a single organism, which is Israel. And you've been grafted in, and you've been grafted in for a purpose. You have a part to play. You have a role to play. You have a place to occupy. Okay? And what you need to understand is you need to occupy that place smoothly, as opposed to jumping into the middle of it and causing all sorts of disruption. Verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with seal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. With cheerfulness. And again, this is one of the lists of the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not teaching on that so much right now, so I'm not going to go through them uh, in much detail because there's some other points I want to make. But again, what Paul is saying is all of these good traits, which, by the way, you find in Torah, okay? Paul is talking Torah here, and he's saying that the ability to do that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, okay? Verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. So again, what he's saying is, you guys, when you come into the synagogue, you need to absorb into the synagogue culture. And you need to do it cheerfully. Isn't a diversity message? It is a diversity message. 
in other words, you'll come in and you will have different gifts. You'll have different contributions to make, but understand that these gifts and contributions that you're, you're making are in the context of an operating organism, which is Israel. And you need to slide in there and you need to fit into that organism, not carve off your own hunk of meat and go off and do your own thing, which is what's happened to the Sunday church. Okay? The Sunday church, misreading this, has basically carved off their own chunk of the kingdom of Christ and they've taken it off and they have become a separate body, separate and distinct from Israel. Okay? And Paul's saying don't do that. 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Now, what context is he talking in here? He's talking in the context of the synagogue. He has been talking in that context all along. And he's been writing because there's friction. Okay? The problem is that the synagogue is not harmonious largely because of these grafted in Gentiles that are showing up and don't know how to behave. And so they're getting some backsplash. And what he's saying is, whoa, don't take this to heart. When people yell at you for, you know, bringing ham to the Seder dinner, no, I'm serious. When people do that kind of thing to you, you got to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You've got to bless them and not curse them. Okay? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Replay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. Impossible, so far as depends on you. Live peaceably with all. Torah 101. Okay? What he's talking here is Torah 101, and he's, and he's trying to tell these Gentiles, calm down, cool it, learn from your brothers and sisters in the synagogue, and learn the things that they have absorbed from Torah over, at this point, 1,500 years. Okay? You need to learn that. And what he's telling them is, oh, all, by the way, all these things are Torah. And that's what you need to do. Verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the word of God, wrath of God, I'm sorry. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now again, what kind of an enemy do you think that you are talking about here? I'm suggesting you're talking about an Orthodox Jew who is looking at you like, what are you doing and what makes you think that you are part of Israel and what makes you think that you have anything to do except come in here and maybe sit and listen to Moses and learn something. Okay? Well, if you treat such a person who is knowledgeable in Torah in a way that is consistent with Torah, what do you do with that person? That's a major rebuke. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, if you've got somebody who knows Torah, knows how to behave, and he is not behaving that way, but you are, who are a dumb Gentile, 
How do you suppose that makes him feel? Yeah, I remember a couple of weeks ago in the study, somebody brought up how Patton got a minister to curse the enemy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in the study were going, you, know, you can't curse anybody. And so here in verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Do good, don't do evil. So it's in the context of to other believers, to Orthodox. It's not in the context of you know enemies out to kill you. That is my reading. The comment was that uh, we talked about overcoming evil with good and not cursing your enemies. Does that mean that you should never curse an enemy? My reading of this is this is in context of the synagogue. This is not saying that you should, and, and it'll even get wilder down here in 13, okay? Because it's the same question. Is this talking about how a believer should behave to the world in general, or is this how, talking about how a believer should behave within a body of believers, in this case, a mixed synagogue? I believe it's talking about the latter. Yeah, go ahead. These are the other you keep doing in order to, you know, fulfill your place inside Israel. And I guess the big thing that gets me with that is if you love your brother and not the others, well, what is it? Is even the publicans and the sinners are the same? Sure. Uh, The comment was that um, one downside to saying that this applies to the synagogue is if you love your brother but you don't love the outsider, how are you different from anybody else? And that's a good lesson. And I'm not suggesting, and and by the way, if you go into Torah, the Torah teaches you to treat everybody this way. And so I'm not saying it doesn't apply outside. What I'm saying is this is specifically written within the synagogue context. And that'll become more important in verse 13, or chapter 13. 